Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bonjour, mon chéri, and welcome to the podcast, Rotten to the Core. If you are a current listener, thank you for returning to our history lessons. If you are new, well, this is a podcast about history and about people who were rotten. Now, that definition is pretty broad, so some episodes will be lighter and some will be pretty dark. Check out our episode, What is in a Hot Dog, if that's your bag. Either way, we will take a bite out of their rotten past together. In our lives, we all go through our good times and our bad. I believe that, yes, even though the good times are excellent, well, we learn our biggest lessons at the low points. And I think the same with our history. I'm your host, Josh Waters, and let's learn a lesson today about ego and the Frenchman named Jacques Mezrine. Jacques was a man who seemed to have a passion for crime. Throughout his life, he committed murder, kidnappings, bank robberies, burglaries, and God knows what else. There didn't seem to be much that Jacques wouldn't do including an attempted abduction of a judge who had previously sentenced him. Right off the bat, can you imagine the ego of this man? He didn't care about the repercussions, or maybe he thought he was untouchable. Either way, he must have been at least 50% testicles. He was also a great escape artist and repeatedly would break out of prison and even loved to mingle among the public when he was internationally known as a criminal. How, you might ask? Jacques was a master of disguise as well, earning him the name Man of 1,000 Faces. The public largely viewed him as a Robin Hood type figure, and he had much support for his future success in crime. He would also usually have a glamorous sidekick, and the public was hooked on reading about him and all his endeavors. There was even a movie made about him in 2008 simply called Mezrin. Born from a blue-collar French family, Jacques Mazarin came into the world on December 28, 1936 in Clichy, France, near Paris. His parents were able to work their way up to a comfortable life from their humble beginnings. His first known trauma came at a young, unknown age when he witnessed a bloody massacre of villagers by German soldiers. I couldn't find out details of the event, but we can imagine what it would do to such a young child's mind. 
hopeful for their son to continue in their footsteps and work hard for a comfortable life, his parents sent him to a Catholic college. It wouldn't take long, though, for young Jacques to be expelled after attacking his principal. He did leave the school and went to several other schools, but was kicked out of those as well. Going farther away from his parents' wishes and closer to the life of a criminal that he seemed destined for. In 1955, at the age of 19, he got married for the first time for a year before ending it and getting drafted into the French army as a parachuter and commando. He would eventually be an executioner of war prisoners, and he seemed to enjoy his duties, besides the military strict discipline. Jacques also earned the cross for military valor for his service, but his father would later state that his time there forever changed his son for the worse. After already seeming to be committed to his criminal life, Jacques joined the organization Army Secrete in 1961, which carried out terrorist attacks, bombings, and assassinations in order to prevent Algeria's independence. It is unknown what his involvement in the group was, but I'm pretty sure he enjoyed himself. It seemed right up his alley. Speaking of up and alley, he met and married his second wife named Maria de la Soledad, and the two had three children together. But their relationship was over by 1965. Probably did not help his marriage at the time. In 1962, Jacques was sentenced to 18 months in prison for robbery, making this his first time being incarcerated. First, but definitely not last. Seeming to push down his criminal urges, he attempted to be a good citizen and worked at an architectural design company, and he was starting to achieve success before he was laid off due to some cutbacks. His family even then bought him a job at a restaurant, and Jacques was again starting to achieve success there, before being fired by the owner for entertaining unsavory friends after hours. I wasn't sure if that was prostitutes or, like, gambling. I could not find details on what unsavory meant, but let's use our minds and our imaginations. Well, folks, as we all know, old habits die hard, and he quickly fell into the world of easy money, women, and debauchery of his past after finding himself in need of money fast. Similar to his two previous jobs, Jacques quickly earned a reputation in the underground as a man whom you did not want to screw over. I personally have never been one to turn down getting screwed under, I mean over, by a man. Wink, wink. Well, someone either screwed him over or he got sloppy because he was arrested again in 1965 inside the home of a military governor. He then spent six months in prison and claimed that authorities in Spain believed he was working for French intelligence. The next year, in 1966, Mazarin moved to the Canary Islands and opened a restaurant, as well as robbing a jewelry store, a hotel, and a fashion store in Paris. Dream big, kids! By 1968, he had fled to Quebec, Canada, and his current gal pal was with him. They both found employment working for a textile millionaire, but were soon fired after Jacques got into an argument with a long-time and highly trusted gardener. They then attempted to kidnap the millionaire, but were unsuccessful after the sedative they tried to use failed on the big man. 
By now, Jacques had entirely accepted his life as a criminal, and him and his girlfriend fled to the U.S. The two found refuge there with an elderly woman, Evelyn Le Bothier, who was later found strangled in her home on June 30th, 1969. Bless her heart. A few weeks later, the pair were arrested in Arkansas after an accomplice from Quebec ratted on them. Good for you, buddy. Good for you. Jacques was found guilty of attempted kidnapping and was sentenced to a decade of imprisonment. He did escape a few weeks later, but was arrested again by the next day. In 1972, along with several other inmates, including a murderer, the group cut the fence wires and escaped St. Vincent de Paul prison. Mazarin and the murderer Jean-Paul Mercier went on to rob several banks in Montreal, sometimes a few in the same day. Carrying resentment for his treatment while in prison, Mazarin and Mercier attempted to overpower the prison that they escaped from on September 3rd in order to help other inmates escape. The prison had been beefed up with security after their escape, and the duo stood no chance against them with their completely ego-fueled escapade. Two guards were seriously injured and Jacques was shot as well before they retreated. Their incredible boldness of being escaped criminals coming back to the prison to help others escape enraged law enforcement. And every single resource available went into the search and arrest of the two men. Only a few weeks after their attempt at the prison, the two decided to go for some target practice in a secluded forest near the town of Plesseville. Well, the noise of their shooting attracted two park rangers to investigate, and they ended up coming across them. The duo agreed to a search of their vehicle, and after finding the guns, they were informed that they would have to follow them back to their station. It is unsure exactly what started it, but Mercier ended up shooting the two rangers dead. After the duo went their separate ways, Mesrin continued to rob banks in Canada, even going to the U.S. again, and stayed at the Waldorf Astoria before moving to Venezuela. By the end of 1972, he would be back in France and continued his hobby of bank robbery. After getting into an argument with a cashier, he flashed his gun, as one does, and a police officer attempted to arrest him. Three days later, he was finally arrested and only sentenced to 20 years in prison. Well, not one to be confined, this is when he stole a gun and used a judge who had previously sentenced him as a body sheared as he, yet again, escaped imprisonment. He was only free for about four months and was arrested again on September 28, 1973, due to an informant betraying him. That's literally the best day of every year. Hey, Team Libra. Jacques was sent back to the big house and covertly had an autobiography titled El Instinct de Mort, Death Instinct, smuggled out of prison. I'm sorry, but that name is hilarious to me. Death Instinct? From a man who killed an old woman who helped him and failed several times at incredibly unthought out crimes. But I guess with his mind and his ego, he is so good he has a death instinct. I'm just gonna bet 
Now he was probably hung like a gerbil. Kind of explains its constant failed relationships, doesn't it? Now he wrote this himself, and in it he admitted to committing around 40 murders. It is highly believed, though, that this book was very exaggerated. And it also led France to instill a son of Sam law that stopped incarcerated criminals from profiting from their crimes, as it should be. The prison he was in, La Sainte, was considered inescapable. Well, that was before Jacques Mizrine. He, along with a few other inmates, one being a known escapist, Francois Bessy, was able to break out of the prison. He somehow got a hold of a gun and keys and made their way into a secluded area of the yard. After getting another inmate to follow with a ladder, they climbed the 46-foot-tall, or 14-meter, high fence and climbed to their freedom. One of the accomplices was shot by guards on the road, but Mazarine was able to break into and steal a car, once again successfully escaping prison and becoming the first man to do so at La Sainte. Not being one to dawdle around, only four days later, the duo robbed a gun shop owner and then used those guns to rob a casino later. Police were waiting for them outside and over 50 gunshots were fired. Even after taking a hit, Mezrine and Bessie managed to escape with their lives. Police did then do a massive sweep of the area looking for them, but the two had held a farmer and his family hostage and forced him to take them away to safety. They then kidnapped a banker and received a massive ransom for his return. My mind is just racing, and I'm imagining these two criminals, these two men, just sitting around a safe house on a couch like two stoners. Hey, man, you want to rob a bank or something? Like, they just... I feel like I put more thought into what I'm going to have for breakfast than these people put into their crimes. Despite his position as French public enemy number one, Mezrine was featured on the cover of the August 4th, 1978 Paris match. In an interview inside, he threatened the Minister of Justice. By remaining at large in the Paris area, Mezrine appeared to be making a fool of the law and the state. And the interview was the final straw. The police agencies hunting Mezrine were pressured for results from the highest level. Jacques was called the man of 1,000 faces, and he earned that name, as he would often disguise himself and go out into the public. He liked to go to cafes, restaurants, and shops, and even laughed with a neighbor who joked that he looked like the wanted criminal Mezrine. If only he had known how right he was. He then traveled to Sicily, Algeria, London, and Brussels, and back to Paris in November 1978, where he again robbed another bank, objecting to Mezrine's proposed kidnapping of a senior judge and not sharing his desire for revenge against the system. Francois Bessy left Mezrine and later disappeared until he was finally captured in 1994 and was paroled in 2006. Jacques then kidnapped that judge successfully, but his accomplice was captured. He was able to escape by disguising himself, walking by the police on the stairs and yelling, Quick, Mesrine's up there! 
A young policeman was later found outside in a pool of tears, handcuffed to a pipe. If that seems very familiar to you, you've probably seen that on several movies, cartoons, etc. A lot of the criminal movies that we grew up, at least me from, I was born in 1990, were really inspired by a lot of the crimes that Jacques committed. He then kidnapped a real estate mogul and made several million francs as a ransom. Question, what is he doing with all this dang money? I mean, good gravy. (laughs) How many banks and ransoms does one need to survive? What is your quality of life, sir? We want to know what you're buying. Prostitutes, drugs, booze, tiny decorative spoons from all your travels. What'd you do with all your stolen money? A reporter by the name of Jacques Tiller wrote disparagingly about Mesrine in a French newspaper. He then went to a meeting with him on the promise of an interview. Mesrine had other plans though and he shot Tiller in the face, leg, and arm. He did survive the ordeal, although he lost the use of one arm. He was shot because he had discovered the identity of Mesrine's accomplice. Leave no loose ends. The information Tiller would get would aid police in locating the longtime criminal. Thanks to him, police obtained the license plate number of the vehicle that belonged to Jacques' mistress at the time, Sylvia Jean-Jacques. After tracking down several parking tickets registered to her, they found the area she frequented the most. Undercover patrols combed the area and a man fitting Mesrine's description was spotted walking with a woman believed to be her on October 31, 1979. One officer who had seen Mesrine in court confirmed the identification by noting his unique build. The coupled was followed home and their building was watched around the clock. Just a few days after his identity was confirmed on November 2, 1979, Jacques Jean-Jacques and her pet poodle left the city for a weekend in the country. I guess even criminals need a vacation. They all got into her gold BMW and made it to the town of Port de Clignancourt on the outskirts of Paris. Undercover police vehicles boxed the car in at an intersection and flew open the doors. Mazarin was said to have been in such shock that his eyes looked to almost pop out of their sockets. Police opened fire on the car, shooting 20 rounds at the couple. Jacques Mazarin took 15 direct hits before the final death blow was delivered to end his suffering. His girlfriend was shot in the eye and would lose the use of one of her arms for the rest of her life. And the real victim, her poor pet poodle, was also shot to death. Precious little angel. French police were finally successful and Jacques Mesrin was dead. They did receive backlash from the public who said that Mesrin was killed wrongfully. They were furious that the police didn't give him a chance to surrender. Police stated, though, that Mesrine had said countless times that he would never surrender himself willingly, and that he had a gun and two grenades taped together and triggered to, if you pull one pin, they both just blow. And they were all on him at the time of his death. Jacques would not have surrendered alive and most likely killed officers if they attempted to try. Jacques Mesrine lived the life he wanted. His ego gave him confidence that he was above the law and 
rules of civilized society. He had several opportunities to work hard and make something good of his life, but that just seemed to be against his nature. We will never know what his genuine drive for the crime was. Was it the adrenaline rush, the money, or just making your own work schedule? It's hard to tell. I think he just enjoyed the acts of crime and the ego boost from the public and being one step ahead of the police. What do you guys think? Our lives become what they are based on the decisions we make. Jacques Mizrine made plenty of bad choices and his life seemed to be incredibly stressful and dangerous. Literally no sense of security and I personally could not cope with that. Jacques was indeed rotten to the core, and he didn't seem to have even a touch of sweetness about him, and caused nothing but pain and suffering to most people who were unlucky enough to cross his path. I hope you all have a safe and happy day. Remember, your choices shape your reality, so let's make some that help ourselves and others. Thank you for joining me on this history lesson on Jacques Mezrine and his many, many faces. I'm your host, Josh Waters. Toodaloo. If you would like to stay up to date on our current episodes of Rotten to the Core or have suggestions for future ones, please follow, like, and comment on Facebook at It's Rotten to the Core, Instagram at It's Rotten to the Core, Twitter at Rotten in History, or www.itsrottentothecore.com. We also have a Patreon if you would like to support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash itsrottentothecore. Check out some of our other podcasts too at itsarclightmedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.